Hello to the family members of Biola. Uh, my name is Eddie Bion, and I'm the director of the Doctor of Ministry program here at Talbot, and also the associate professor of Christian ministry at Biola. You know, one of my favorite classes that I love teaching here is spiritual formation. Now, this concept of spiritual formation might be a term that you don't hear often, but it is something that you experience regularly. You see, formation in general is always happening in our lives. Uh, we are always being formed by something. Uh, from the moment we are conceived, uh, we are being formed. Our organs, our eyes, even our fingerprints, everything is being formed within our lives. And after we are born, uh, we are growing and developing and being shaped uh, by those around us, people and experiences in our lives. Parents shape our values and our worldviews. Teachers have shaped how we think of the world as we discover and learn. Friends influence our passions and our use of free time. Books and media, they play a key role as well. They shape what we want, what we love, and even what we are becoming. So, after we are in Christ, a crucial thing to care for us would be what is shaping your heart, your passions, and especially what is shaping your faith. The spiritual formation and the maturity of our faith is one of the most important areas of our lives to guard and care for. This is so important that we see even Satan attacking this area first during the temptation of Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3. In the temptation, he is attacking their faith. Um, so, if you look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 to 3, we learn that the enemy can attack our faith by making us doubt God's word. So, uh, from verse 1, he says, He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, remember, God didn't say, Don't eat any of the trees. And God didn't say, Don't tr touch... Um, he said... And also, God didn't say, don't, don't touch that tree in the middle of the garden. So he's trying to bring doubt and confusion concerning God's word. Now, this is why we at Biola are so committed to the faithful study, exposition, and teaching of Scripture and in its inerrancy. Growing in God's word is the foundation from which true spiritual formation happens. But another way we see the enemy attack our faith in Genesis 3 is how Satan casts doubt on God's character. So he's not only striving to have us doubt God's word, but also to doubt God's character and his goodness. So let's look at Genesis 3, 4. He says, But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So Satan is saying, you can't trust God. He's lying to you. 
The only reason uh, he's saying that is because he's trying to keep something good from you. He's trying to keep you from having fun. He's trying to keep you from experiencing something better. And the enemy still uses those tactics today. How often have you struggled with these thoughts? That, oh, maybe God doesn't love me. God doesn't love me. He doesn't care about me. right? Uh, he's not going to provide for me, so I need to look out for myself. You see, it is an attack on our faith to doubt God's goodness and character. That is how the enemy attacks our faith. And the time the energy attack, the time that the enemy attacks our faith in God's goodness, most of all, is when we suffer or fail. When life gets hard, the enemy wants our faith to grow cold. Jesus actually reveals this to us and reveals how the enemy attacks our faith in Luke chapter 22, uh, verse 31 and 32. Jesus is speaking to Simon Peter, and he says this, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. So this is fascinating how Jesus is revealing spiritual warfare that can happen in the life of a disciple. So Satan asked to attack Peter. And so he's telling him, Peter, Satan asked for permission to attack you. So basically, suffering will come into Peter's life. And as we know, Peter will fail and betray Jesus. But Jesus says this to him, But I have prayed for you, Peter. And what does he pray for? Jesus doesn't pray for the suffering to not come. Jesus doesn't pray for the failure, failure to not happen. Jesus says, I have prayed for you, Peter, that your faith may not fail. Jesus prayed for his faith. So Peter will fail. Peter will go through uh, suffering. But he wants to make sure that his faith will remain. Then Jesus says, when you have turned again, meaning you're going to mess up, and after you mess up, when you return to me, turn back to me, then he says, strengthen your brothers. Strengthen and encourage the other disciples who also failed, who also betrayed me. You see, when we fail and mess up, then we are able to see what we really think of Christ and the cross. Do we think that it's up to us to make ourselves right and clean, that i got to get my life in order and then I can approach God again? Or when we fall and mess up, do we crawl back to the cross? Jesus prays for our faith because that's the main thing that the enemy attacks. When we fall and when we fail, when we suffer, the enemy wants us to give up on God. But Jesus wants us to give up and return to Him. When you're struggling or suffering, 
pray for your faith. When others are suffering and struggling, pray for their faith. And to the parents here today, one of the most important things that you could pray for for your children is their faith. When you see that they are suffering or struggling or you anticipate they may have a hard semester or a year, pray for their faith to keep returning to Jesus, to keep trusting His Word, to keep hoping in His promises, to keep crawling back to the cross again and again and again. You see, both Peter and Judas betrayed Jesus in a very deep way. Both of them messed up big time. Both of them realized that they messed up big time. So what was the big difference? In his failure, Judas chose suicide because of the weights of guilt and shame. He chose suicide, but Peter, in his failure, he chose surrender. He surrendered to Jesus. He gave to Jesus his guilt and shame. Also echoing the words of Peter earlier, when Jesus asked, are you guys going to leave me too? When so many crowds left him, Peter said, where else can we turn to? Who else can we go to? You hold the words to eternal life. Come to me, Jesus says, and I will give you rest. You see, suffering reveals our faith. Few things in this world reveals the true condition of our faith like suffering and trials. It will show us what we've been really trusting in for strength, for hope, for security. Have you been trusting in money, in food, in relationships? You see, when we suffer, we will turn to our true God for strength and comfort. But also, when we maintain our faith in Christ during our seasons of pain and suffering, it not only reveals our faith in those times when we keep hoping in Him, regardless of the pain, that suffering will refine our faith. So suffering not only reveals our faith, but also refines our faith. It is the place of intense spiritual formation when faith chooses to hope in God when life is hard. You see, pain will either purify or poison your faith depending on who you believe when you suffer. If you believe the lies of the enemy, your faith will be poisoned. If you believe God and His Word, your faith will be purified. Because what happens when we suffer? Again, if we believe the doubts of the enemy, when we're going through a hard time, God doesn't love you. God's not looking out for you. God's not in control. He's not going to take care of you. When, when we suffer and we believe and doubt, we believe the lies and doubt God's goodness and His Word, then our faith gets poisoned. But when we suffer and we choose to believe God's promises, and his character, that faith, through the fire of affliction, becomes purified 
pain will either purify or poison your faith, depending on who you believe during your pain. Believing our Father in heaven is good, even when life is hard, allows God to shape us into the image of Christ during our time of suffering. And you know, um, being a dad isn't easy. I have an eight-year-old son. Uh, But through this time as a father, I've learned to trust God, my father, even more. You know, one time my eight-year-old son Enoch um, really wanted a specific baseball card. He's into collecting sports cards these days. And his birthday was coming up, and he kept asking for this one particular card. And I told him, you know, we'll see. You know, I'm not sure about right now. You know, I'm not sure. Um, even though I did order it and I got it for him, I was getting it ready for him. I wanted to wait until his birthday to give it to him. But for him, in his world, my answer was a no and that I was a mean guy, you know. Um, He's like, why not? How come, you know, I did my chores, I did all this stuff. But even though in his world, he didn't receive that yet and in his world, it seemed like I was mean and I was saying no and being distanced, I was working behind the scenes in ways that he never knew. His card was actually coming, but he wasn't aware of it. And you know, I may not give my son what he wants right away, but if I ever say no, it's because I want to give him something better. And Jesus teaches us this as well. Which of you, if your child asks for bread, will give him a stone? None of us would do that. God will either give us what we ask for or he will give us something better. Therefore, children of God, trust him. Trust in your good and sovereign Father in heaven. Because we need to also be reminded That God is at work behind the scenes in ways that we may never see until we enter eternity. But He is always at work, and He is always good. He is always working for our good and for His glory. And in that truth and in that person, we can trust. Let's pray. Father God, I pray for the faith of the parents here today, that they would hope in you and know that you love them deeply and that you love their children even more than they do and even more than they could ever know. I pray that this new season of their lives will deepen their relationship and friendship with their children. And we also pray for their children. We pray for the faith of their children that they would hold on to you always for all the days of their lives. In every season, but especially in seasons of suffering, pain, failure, and rejection, that they would turn to you, that they would hope in you, and that they would fall deeper in love with you that they would walk faithfully with you for all of their days. And when they fall, they would crawl back to the cross every time. Thank you 
for your love for us, for your grace that saved us, and for that grace that will guide us home. In Jesus' name, amen.